When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good afternoon, Arsenal fans, and welcome to the latest 49 Undefeated podcast with myself, Tom Marshall-Bailey, editor for Football.London. Uh, Arsenal writer Charlie Watts is here as well. Hello, Tom. Hi, it's Charlie. And Andy Hart, social media editor, and Baguna too, is also with us. Good morning. Um, last night, it was a case of just getting the job done, I guess, really, wasn't it? I mean, it wasn't particularly convincing, but ultimately, two goals through to the quarterfinals, and now... At home to Lincoln City, where you would expect us to progress to the semi-finals. Yeah, it was kind of hiding into nothing last night, wasn't it? I think absolutely nothing. What we were going to do, unless we walked out sort of ten 0 winners and scored a couple of worldly goals, it was never going to. It was never going to be a night where Arsenal sort of emerged with any sort of um, praise, and it's certainly not going to forget what happened the week before. But um, but yeah, job done. It got through what was potentially a horrendous. FA Cup upset, possibly the worst of all time. So they got through that, avoided it, got the goals. Theo got his hundredth goal, which was nice. Sort of got that off his back. And was just kind of been hanging over it for the last few weeks. And um, and job done. And yeah, it was a, all in all, decent night. Decent night for, for Sutton. They got a lot of money out of it and um, didn't embarrass themselves. Put up a good show. So yeah, job done. Move on. What did you make of it? Andy? Obviously, it was a bit of a slog. The, the Lucas goal settled everything. Everyone down as well. Sutton came out of blocks as you'd expect. Quite a fast start from them, but. That, that goal did kind of sort of it changed the feel of the fixture I thought yeah I think so I think we scored at just the right time as well I think uh, we hadn't really had a shot on target up to that point yeah. and uh, yeah like you say it just sort of settled us down it was good to score for half time because I think going into the break goal it sort of added a lot more anxiety especially for most Arsenal fans because uh, we didn't play that well up to the goal so no, to not. get that goal was just the, just the boost that we needed um like Charlie says, I think uh, you know it was a case of job done. No injuries by the looks of it. I think Iwobi might have a slight knock. But El Nenny. El Nenny is a question mark. Question mark. Hopefully they'll be all right because we don't have a game this weekend. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's job done, and um, some players got good um, some minutes under their belt as well, which is which is helpful. Um, and Theo got his hundredth goal, which is nice for him. Personal level. So yeah, we move on. Um, we'll look at the league fixtures this weekend with some interest. Uh, yeah, all eyes are now on Liverpool. <laughs> well, and, and there's there's plenty of selection decisions now for Arsenal because Lucas last night I thought I, I think you were in agreement with the player ratings last night. I thought he was head and shoulders best player on the pitch for us. There were a few moments in the second half before his decision making maybe let him down. It wasn't a completely polished performance, but I mean he he looks like he's given us a real you know cutting edge in attack, which a lot of other players aren't at the moment. Yeah. Oh, we've been saying it for a while, haven't we? We keep saying big selection issues for Arsenal, but he's not really making them at the moment. He's, he's sticking with what he knows, and I don't, I don't understand. I don't see what the ju- justifiable explanation is for Lucas not being involved more, certainly in the Premier League. Um, he just makes things happen. Always on the pitch, he's, he's involved. Things happen around him. He scores goals, he makes goals. Even if he's not directly contributing an assist, he's, he's been involved in the move somewhere with a, a little touch of class. His awareness off the ball is fantastic. I think he brings others in the play. His touch is good. Got very good left foot. I mean, it just it's so baffling 
that he's not involved more. If if Alex Wobey, for example, was pulling up trees every week and playing really well, scoring goals, then then you kind of understand it. But he's not. He's struggling. He has been for a lot of time, for a lot of for about a month. And um, and I think Wobey's done great. You know, I'm not. I don't think he's a bad player. But he just needs the rest. He looks like a young player who's been thrown in and just needs a bit of a rest. And yet he was flogging him to death, playing him week in week out when he's out of form and leaving a player who's desperate to play who makes an impact. On the bench, it's just, I don't quite understand it. I, I really don't. And um, I hope he plays at Liverpool, but I'm, I don't think he will. I think he'll, be, he'll find himself back on the bench again. Do you think Alex Iwobi's being overplayed? I, I'm, per- I'm, saying, I'm of the same opinion as Charlie. I, I find it baffling that he's continuing to be selected every single mm. game without fail. And he's not, he's not delivering. There been no, there's been no goals or assists for a while now, from what I can remember. Scored when we lost to Watford. Lost to Watford, didn't we? Lost, lost to Watford. Watford. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm a massive the Wobie fan. Um, I reckon he's. It's more the fact that he's the victim of his own sort of skill set. I think at the moment in the Arsenal squad, he's sort of that only wide playmaker sort of player that we need out there at the moment. And I think that's why Wenger tends to stick with him rather than play Lucas. Um, and with you, I think I think Lucas should have had more game time by now. Um, but I think it might be due to the fact that with Wenger's system, the way he likes to play, he just wants someone out there who can hold on to the ball and use it in the final third. Um, and basically, yeah, just recycle possession in that sort of style that we like um, we like to play. But yeah, hopefully Lucas can kick on and get some more minutes, especially uh, especially in the league because. You know, like you say, he's just so productive every time he plays. Well, he's risking losing him because we've seen the comments, and obviously the agents come back and backtracked on on what supposedly was said and denied saying them. But I'm sorry, there's no way that, that those were suddenly fabricated. Those comments they just looked like a conversation. Maybe they were off the record, and yeah. the journalist has just gone with it, and the, you know, the agent has suddenly backtracked. But it's clear that um, he's unhappy, and it's, he's, we're, we're risking losing him. And he, and he looks like a decent player, so it's just. It just seems mad after one season to suddenly lose him, um, just because of for some reason Arsenal's not not playing. I don't know if it was because he wasn't his first choice. Obviously, he wanted Vardy. He looked at Perez, decided against it, and then suddenly in the transfer window, decided he needed a forward, so he went back in for him. And, and maybe it's that He's, he wasn't his first choice. But then why sign him in the first place? Why shut out seventy million to get get him in if you're not going to play him? Um, so yeah, it's a strange one for me and. Uh, Certainly worried, especially with the World Cup on the horizon, that he, he wants to play, he wants to get in that Spain team, and he's not going to do that by sitting on the bench at Arsenal for another year. Do you think he, he fingers struggling to kind of justify selecting him alongside Alexis when he, he maybe thinks that, I mean, they are different players, but feeling that he, he's trying to find the balance there? And as you say, Iwobi is probably the one player of those attacking options that can play in the front four that does give you a, a, an element of balance in that he's bit more minded to come in field gives gives Arsenal a bit a few more options but he's not playing well well so there is that there's, that's the main if, he, if the way he was doing all that and playing well then, yeah. then fine but he's not he's struggling he, need, he just looks like a player who needs a, needs a break and that's the, the biggest crux of the issue for me is that he's playing an out clearly out of form yeah. player and a clearly tired player over a very fresh hungry in form player and I just don't I don't understand it they just on the face value of it, there's no justifiable explanation why yeah. Arsenal is overlooking Lucas Perez. Well, well, I thought with Iwobi as well yesterday. I thought Monreal had a pretty difficult game actually. He didn't look to me that he obviously comes back into the team. Didn't look particularly sharp the other day. I think Arsenal got a real problem at left back. 
at the moment. Yeah, he's um, a bit rusty. Because obviously he didn't play against Hull or Bayern. Um, yeah, Morales is having a strange season, isn't he? We said it before in a podcast a couple of weeks ago. We just this is probably one of the worst seasons he's had for Arsenal. Um, he's you know last season he was pretty reliable. Um, so like you say, I think left back is a real problem position at the moment. I don't know. I think he's going to have to strengthen there if, if if he feels like we're going to lose Gibson this summer. At the moment, I mean, who who do you think is going to be the first choice left back from the, from this point on? It, well, it looks like it's going to be Gibbs. Well, this is it, and, I, and I'll be honest. I, I thought Bayern targeted him last week. I thought it was a deliberate ploy on Ancelotti's part to get Robin coming inside where Gibbs doesn't feel comfortable. Obviously, Cochrane, you know, contributed to our downfall with that first goal. We'll, we'll gloss over that, um, <laughs> but. Monreal, big chance yesterday to come in and stake his claim. I, I mean, I, I led to the Monreal thing off the back of Iwobi. I don't think Iwobi particularly offered him much protection. Mm. Rory Deacon, who we'll come on to in, in a minute, who I thought was absolutely brilliant last night, um, gave Monreal a torrid time at, at times. He did, he did. I thought, Monreal, I thought Monreal first half especially was poor. I thought he improved a little bit in the second half, certainly yeah, going forward. He contributed to the goal, which will do him, do him world of good. Um, but yeah, he's struggling. There's no doubt, no doubt about that. I think, I think he'll have to sign a left back in the summer for a first choice because what he's done in the second half of the season with Gibbs, you know, basically bringing him back in from the cold, he was totally out, out of it at one point. He thought he was, he was long gone, and the fact he start, suddenly started against Bayern Munich was an amazing turnaround and a, a real sort of hammer blow to Monreal, I, I guess, in terms of his long term future. Um, so I'm fully expecting Arsene Wenger to go if Arsene Wenger's in to go into the transfer market if he's still here and, and bring in a new left back in the summer I think it's a, it is a problem area for Arsenal obviously Cohen Bramwell's arrived but he's far too raw far too young to, to suddenly be brought into the first team picture so I think he's going to have to look at solving that issue long term and it's going to probably cost a fair bit of money One defender that did do well last night I've seen a lot of fans praising him on Twitter today um, lots of Rob Holdini tweets that I've seen um, <laughs> Which seems a little premature, but I, I did think he put in a really good performance here. He started a little shakily, and I think that was probably symptomatic of the whole Arsenal team. I think there were a, um, a few problems defensively mm. that they suffered last night, but holding the, yeah. you know, really came into his own in the second half particularly, I thought. Um, I, I mean, I'm a massive Rob Holding fan. Um, I think those sort of games, you tend to be worried about chucking young centre-backs because you think, you know, Rough and tumble of the low leagues, it, you know, it might be too difficult for them. But for someone like Rob Holding, who's been schooled in the uh, in the championship and he's played, you know, low league football most of his career before then, then uh, you know, it was an actually it was a really comfortable night for him. And like I say, I think he should be getting more opportunities alongside one Mustafi or Koscielny because he, uh, you know, out of all the young centre backs we've got at the club, like uh, him, Chambers, well, Gabriel, I think he's the one who I would have as the the first choice backup right now because he just looks so composed and calm every time he plays Rob Mertesacker? yeah I think, I think so I think the fact that he got into the team last night ahead of Mertesacker said a lot um, I know Mertesacker signed a new deal but you know we can count on him for the long term I don't think so I think he's been kept around more for his influence in the dressing room more than anything John? I think he's fantastic Rob I think if John Stones were 50 million quid I don't know what Rob Holding's worth because I don't see much more in John Staines than I see in Rob Holding whenever he plays for Arsenal. Very similar, obviously, both like um, to sort of bring the ball out, both comfortable on the ball. Rob Holding did a couple of great John Staines impressions early on yep. last night where he almost got himself in trouble, but he got, he got himself out of it and he backed himself and got himself out of it, which was a good sign. 
Um, but no, I think but the, the key for me is I look at John Stones as someone that is prioritising bringing out, bringing the ball out from the back, and you know hitting these Hollywood passes over actually, you know, call me old fashioned here, but actually being able to stick a tackle in, win a header, mm. cover for your defensive partner. I'm seeing all of those qualities in Rob Holding. I'm seeing the defender that is is primarily someone that is defending, and then oh know, yeah, the, 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 the bonus is that he looks like he can do both. You know, he can he can uh, bring it out and he can pick a pass as well, which is. It is important actually at the top level because obviously the, the way that most teams play now starting attacks from the back especially with like oh no Arsenal do as well so you do need that but um, the nice thing is that he, he showed that he can do both I've, is, I've not seen anything not to suggest that he's going to be our centre back for an awful long time so far it's the early days when Callum Chambers started very very well through the Arsenal career and then tailed off and yeah. had a bit of a loss of confidence off. I think all started but that Swansea game didn't it and Obviously, he's doing well at Borough. He's doing very well at Borough now, yeah. No, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him when he comes back in the summer. But, but Holding just looks like he's got it. He just looks like someone mm. who's not... He's not just going to be a sort of backup defender. He looks like he, he could well force his way into that side. Obviously, he's got two established players in front of him, one of which cost 35 million quid. So it's not going to be easy, but... <sighs> I've got my reservations about Mustafi. I'm not totally convinced about him, despite the price tag. I think he's had a few good games, but Lauren Shelby bailed him out so many times this season. Um, he and was less, horrendous less. in Munich in the second half in Munich once Koscielny went off and well that, that was a bit of a litmus test for Mustafi then wasn't it Actually, be, it was on him then to lead that defence and be the, be the person in that defence that gets Gabriel and says right we're going to keep solid for five minutes obviously that you know evaporated very quickly but it's, it's funny you mentioned Gabriel actually because <laughs> I mean the less said about him the better right now Again, Deacon went from yeah. flank to flank, looking to, you know... It feels like if we're going to play Gabriel nowadays, I'd rather just stick him out at full-back where he can sort of do less damage, if you like, defensively. But, but then it's also hindering the attack. Well, that's it, that's it. So, um, I don't know where we go from there with him. Um, uh, Gabriel, I think I think if, if a decent offer comes in for Gabriel in the summer, I think he'll be, he'll be off, especially with Chambers. Like I said, he's had a very good mm. season. I'd much rather keep Chambers and have him and Holding sort of knocking around as... Um, Backups, or possibly you know one of them holding. I wouldn't be surprised if his first choice next season. But I think that sort of centre back quartet next year. Obviously, you've got Mertzak still around as well. But um, when they're all fit, I just think there's no real place for for Gabriel. I mean, you can't just keep using him as a utility right back because he's not. Right. Well, you just hope that Arsene will realise the error of his ways, and because you know he's been accused in the past of sort of keeping players around for too long, stockpiling players. That yeah, even if there. they're not cutting it, and just you know offering them a new, new deal and stuff like that, but. Gabriel, it just looks like out of depth. So, you know. Gabriel was one player that didn't perform. Obviously, we spoke about Monreal. We were there mm. any any others that you were disappointed with yesterday? Given off an opportunity to really come in and you know make mm. a bit of a, a claim for more regular yeah. games. I think I think Theo didn't have the greatest of games. Um, the goal aside, you know, he again he played up front through the middle, didn't he? And it was basically an argument to say that he shouldn't really play there because that's not his position. I don't know, he didn't really lead the line as you'd want him to. Um, obviously, that's not his game, holding the ball up and flicking things on in the air and that sort of thing. But, you know, the argument levelled against Theo all the time is that he doesn't know how to use pace. He's got his pace, but he doesn't know how to use it. And I think it's quite evident last night. I don't know, he just didn't look a threat to the side. I think they coped with him quite comfortably in the first half. And yeah, 
He scored his 100th goal for Arsenal. And that's yeah, no mean yeah. feat. It's a notable achievement. No, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. And uh, you know, we should celebrate it because he's, you know, he's been a good service to the club. But um, I'd, I'd, you know, if he's going to start, stick him out on the wing. He's a, he's <laughs> a classic example, Theo Walcott, of possibly what Arsenal Wenger's done wrong, done wrong in his last 10 years. He, would, it, would another top manager have kept him at Arsenal for 10 years during, uh, to get to this 100 goal tally? Because he. Is he really Arsenal quality? I don't know. He's kind of the poster boy for a lot of the Wenger out brigade in terms yeah. of what the last ten years represents. Represent is Theo Walcott. Um, but either way, you, know, you can't not like Theo Walcott. He's a lovely bloke. He's yeah. <laughs> and he and he's represented Arsenal very well during his time. Where he scored some big goals for us and getting to hundred. Not many people do that. He's, I think he's in his seventeenth in our history, which is a you know it's a fantastic achievement for him, especially as he's not a forward. I think the stats as well. It's more. It's like one in. Just, it's under four it's about 330 odd games a lot of those have been substitute appearances as well so yeah. um, over 70 assists you'd wonder how many goals he'd have got if he was, by now if he was fit the whole time because he missed like half a chunk of his time yeah. through injury so yeah. he's done well and um, yeah, it was good to see him get that 100 goal yesterday and um, hopefully he'll get a fair few more absolutely um, I, just, I, I thought Jeff had a difficult game yesterday Yeah, um, mm. I thought he was really really good at Southampton really impressive but it was a, it was a much tougher night for him Yesterday, in a, in a game where he wasn't given at Southampton, he was given the freedom to areas, but we all were yeah. to play in that game, and you didn't get that. You know, some were flying in with tackles, so getting everyone's faces, and it was a it was a good learning curve for him. But I thought it was it was it was a very a tough night for the young. Do you, th- do you think the pitch played a part in that as well? Uh, what the fact that it was Astro, or yeah, I I I, I know early on Arsenal dominating possession, but there was no to me no real fluency until the Lucas goal came around settled us down a bit but even then I think there was almost this expectation amongst the players Wenger actually conceded after the game he was surprised that they hadn't tired as much as he probably anticipated them to mm. I I just felt like there was no real period of the game where Arsenal were really fluent with their passing where, where mm. they really got into their stride and it's strange because you know, playing on Astro, you wouldn't have thought, thought that it did really affect the passing because you know it still is flat. The correct pitch is true, you know. Well, but something uh, back from staff head of the game was saying, if anything, it would probably benefit. Well, exactly. Uh, I actually agree with that. Um, it's not that much you know, of a leveler compared to if, if we were playing on a muddy bog or something like that. Um, bounce is a bit different on it, so I don't know. I think maybe the pitch was just. It's obviously the pitch was quite tight. It was small. The, the crowd were right on top of the. Uh, of the players and you know maybe it was just a different atmosphere that some of the players weren't used to especially some of the young ones like um, Adelaide um, I think for a game like last night it's tough to really uh, it's easy to overanalyse what it was but it was such a it was just felt like a one-off didn't yeah it, it was, it was a, such a one-off at that stage of the competition on an artificial pitch non-league yeah. all that under the lights it was it was just such a different occasion to what any, but not just Sutton, but Arsenal players really. It felt like a, a pre-season game or some sort of charity yeah. game, to be honest. With you. But it was just a case of getting it done, yeah. getting the result, yeah. and, and moving on. And now, unbelievably, we've got another <laughs> team, which is just crazy at this stage of the competition. Basically, to get to the semi-finals, we've had to in the last two rounds. We had to be two non-league teams. I mean, it's crazy. It's fair play at Lincoln, but it's the Emirates Lincoln, so it's going to be very, very different to what we. Uh, what we First home time. First home time. Yeah, it's unusual. Yeah. Just yeah. a word on on Rory Deacon mentioned him briefly I, I thought it was really interesting listening to Martin Keown after the game yesterday saying that he feels feels the game has almost failed him in that he, he just looked a cut above the level he was playing at. I mean that, that shot that came cannoning back off the, 
the crossbar in the second half. I, it, it would have been it would have been fitting really for him to have scored that goal given how well he played. As I said, I don't think even Monreal or Gabriel were looking forward to him coming over to to their flank because he was just interchanging at will. Um, I thought he played really really well, Charlie. Yeah, he did play really well. He deserved he deserved his goal. Like I said, it was a uh, it was very unlucky that he came back off the bar because he would have. I don't think anyone would have minded him having a bit of celebration after that because it was a one over here and, and he played really well I think he was his sort of performance was, or his career maybe was encapsulated it was really bright lots of good things but final product yeah. apart from that shot seemed to be lacking whenever he got in good crossing positions he overhit it and things so he was really good really lively and caused him a lot of problems but when he got into the real key area of the pitch yeah. he tended to let himself down with his final product which probably is the reason why he has dropped down the division so I mean he's far he looks far too good to be playing at the level he's at now, so something yeah. has gone wrong there, whether it was him losing his way a little bit after missing out at Arsenal. I think he had a chance at Sunderland as well, didn't he, afterwards, yes. and, yeah. and hadn't made it, and if he lost a bit of faith in himself, or and that's led to him having a drop down and find himself now, but um, that's what's great about this competition and getting to this stage, it's a great shot window for those players, and he won't have done himself any harm with that performance last night, I'm sure he will get himself back into the into the professional ranks with either League One or mm. League Two club in the, in the near future. I, I thought it was just great with his manager Paul Dozer at the end yeah. sort of on camera saying you know, this, this boy should be playing at a higher level basically trying to flog him on live <laughs> national television which is amazing <laughs> but no it was, it was a great time for, for him and you know Craig Eastman and a couple of the other lads because I think they, they've got about three or four Arsenal fans in their yeah. team haven't they so um, yeah it's just one of those sort of magical nights in the FA Cup I guess trip down Nando's to celebrate oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> Craig Eastman the pioneer of yeah. the Arsenal Nando's trend, which yeah, uh, I'm sure still exists. Yeah, and, um, <laughs> yeah. Like I say, it's just it's just a great great night for them, and yeah. um, I think it's going to be hard for them now to switch back to the the regular league season now because I think they're battling rele- relegation in the, the conference. So uh, you know, let's hope they get out of that. Yeah. Um, attention now, obviously. I, I say now switches to obviously Arsenal aren't in action this weekend because of the Southampton rearranged game because mm. of the EFL Cup final. Um, They've got a long time before the Liverpool game. Time to get players, you know, El Nenny and they won't be hopefully fit. Um, a few question marks over them. Um, Meza Özil has been granted. We understand that the best part of a two-week break um, to go and recuperate. Presumably, I know you feel pretty strongly about that, don't you? I just don't. I don't mind him getting a break because I'm sure quite a lot of them are going to get a break in the next few days. But I don't see why it couldn't have started after the Sutton game. I don't yeah. see why he got the day off against Sutton. You know, Hessel's been horribly out of form recently. He did you know, it was poor again by Munich, not not just singling him out because they're all poor, but I don't so why why does he get treated with a day off at Sutton? Sanchez played. <laughs> why why does Ozil get get to fly off if he wasn't injured? He's been paid a hell of a lot of money, demanding an even more amount of money to sign a new contract. So why is he get, be given a night off? I just don't get it. It just for me it's everything that's kind of wrong with Arsenal Wenger's Arsenal at the moment. It's all too nice. It's like you should be saying, No, you're not playing you're not playing well, you're playing you're playing at Sutton. Get yourself back in form, putting a good performance here, that's what we pay you for. Don't don't jet off yeah. wherever he's gone and put your feet up. For a, for a little bit of time you can have your time off after the game why, why get it on the day of the game I just don't get it I just don't understand well supposedly there have been a few the, the, there are a few rumours floating around that Arsenal, Arsenal players are questioning why Ozil continues to be involved week in week out um, and you know again not dissimilar to Iwobi I mean it's slightly different in that he's such a stellar name and that he, you know you expect him to be on the first name of the team sheet but 
he isn't delivering. It's been months now of of him being out of form. Yeah, I mean, there's an argument that he should have maybe had it would be dropped or had a rest in a couple of games, in the, especially in the league. I think um, that goes back to Lucas' point again. Maybe you know, slot someone else in the front three instead of him. But it just seems if, if he's fit, he'll play. It's, it's essentially. Um, I'm not sure. I don't know. He, he sort of gets these mystery breaks, doesn't he? I think there's been a few games, not just this season, but seasons before, where preferential treatment. Well, I don't, I don't know. You'd love to ask ask Arsene that, but where Wenger won't say anything in the press conference about an injury, and then he'll just be mysteriously missing on the match day. So I don't know. It's just it's just one of those strange ones, isn't it? Maybe it's like personal issues. It's sort of fly back. Home he just had four odd weeks off through illness well it wasn't four maybe that's pushing it a little bit but he had a decent break over Christmas basically a little bit of a winter break because yeah. he was ill wasn't he yeah. and since he's come back for that he's not really, that's when his form did massively because he actually played well the first half of the season so it's okay, you can't use an excuse of being tired because um, he's, he's had a longer break than most over the Christmas period so I just don't I don't understand why he was given the night off last night I thought I've given what happened at Bayern given the embarrassment performance the humiliating result I think all of those players Considering there's 12 days now until a Liverpool game, they all deserve, they, the fans deserve to see them go out there and put on a bit of a performance. And to see Meza sitting in an aeroplane before the game, well, I just I thought it set out totally the wrong message. And Great feel with it. Great. Just you know, yeah, he did with Instagram. He's, 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 he's learning all that sort of stuff, <laughs> Snapchat, isn't he? But, um, and I love, you know, I don't want to dig too, dig us out too much because I love Meza Ozil. I, I think when he's in full flight, he's, there's few players like him. and um, but I just thought that was really just poor timing given what had happened in Munich yeah. and given we have everyone's got 12 days off after that game last night I don't see why he couldn't have been involved no I agree and yeah, well, you know. let's just hope it doesn't good you know he's brought up to Dubai now so let's just hope he comes back and puts in a shift to Anfield because we're going to need him absolutely. <laughs> but that's a classic game where you, yeah, you would yeah. you really back Ozil to play well at Anfield where, against that high press that they're going to face yeah. all night against Liverpool it's the type of game where it will just disappear I mean you, you look at some of the fixtures Arsenal have remaining so I know United and City are coming to the Emirates mm-hmm. but both of those are going to be very difficult games United are on a roll City have picked up lately um, we've got to go to Spurs still Anfield's huge I, I think Arsenal have to well at the very least avoid defeat I think if they lose oh, it could be disastrous but yeah I mean our run-in's hugely unfavourable if you, if you look at ours compared to other teams like Chelsea um, and Liverpool um, Spurs well we got Spurs away um, Liverpool away Stoke away as well in the last couple of games which is never easy Even I, think, I think the final three games are United mm-hmm. away Stoke uh, United at home Stoke away Everton at home to round off the season, which is yeah. a, not, not easy. Is it? Ridiculously difficult end to the season. I, I'm not, I'm not for a minute suggesting top four is at risk because I, I'm <laughs> of the utmost belief that we will finish in the top four. But it's a top two, top two. Come on. Well, let's not get too <laughs> carried away. I, I, no, I do look at some of these fixtures though and, and wonder where the points are coming from. I think this Liverpool game could be huge I think Liverpool will probably need to win it to enhance their own you know hopes of getting in that top four but I, I, Arsenal have got well, to we, we said this last we've week we've got to go there and get a result I don't think we will I think we'll lose it. <laughs> I'd be stunned I don't see anything to suggest right now that we can, we're we capable of going to Liverpool and getting a result we, I just I think that's the sort of team that sort of style that we really really struggle against and um, I'd be I'd be 
very surprised if we go up there and get anything. I hope I'm wrong, but I think it's going to be a, it'll be a really tough day. I'll for take us, a point. I'll take a point. I'll take a point. Okay, <laughs> long you're going to point at Anfield. I don't yeah, know yeah. right now. You sort of look at the way Liverpool played against Tottenham. I know Tottenham didn't show up that day, but that's sort of mm. that's the sort of style that Arsenal really, really struggle to deal with. It was scary actually because they should have done about four or five up. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I just you look at our midfield options at the moment, which at the start of the season you thought were really, really strong, but now I think they're massively lacking the players that aren't delivering. And, um, and that's know. where. And we, just don't, we don't have a settled midfield partnership, that's the thing. Mm. And if you ask Wenger now what his first choice would be, it'd be Cochrane and Cazorla. But if, Co- if Cazorla's out, I don't think he knows his best combination um, with the players he's got left. So th- this is basically one of the main problems of the season we just haven't had a set of midfield and we can't build from there and in the 5-1 of course that was where Liverpool completely bossed the game they just won the midfield mm. battle and then when you got obviously that Liverpool on that day that. when they had exactly when they had Sturry Sterling and Suarez in front of that midfield it's obviously only going to lead to one thing I, I'm I'm with you Charlie I, I think I hope it doesn't get ugly but I think it could be another difficult day for Arsenal Wenger at Anfield and like that Sincerely hope it won't be, but um, but we'll probably be able to discuss the Liverpool game in a lot more detail um, yeah. next week. I know you're heading off on your travels, aren't you? So am, yes. you won't be with us, unfortunately. I but spare the uh, inevitable the... horror show out of the field. You, that's yours, yours uh, this season. Just taking a Mesut Ozil like break, basically. I am taking a Mesut Ozil like break. <laughs> yeah, having, having just had a go at him on on the. I won't be. I won't be putting any filters on my face on this. <laughs> <laughs> Inevitably means that we're going to get a good result at Anfield. The, the, the unlucky curse is. And the 4 0 win, home win against Bayern Munich. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's all we've got time for, unfortunately, t- on today's Arsenal 49 Undefeated podcast. Um, we'll be back at the same time next week. Uh, myself and Andy, and I'm sure we'll find a capable stand in for Charlie while he's um, off and away. So thank you today for joining me. Can't he call him from Dubai? Well, let's, you know, let's. <laughs> Let's give him the time off he deserves. Have a good holiday, Charlie. Thank you. Yes. Have a good time off, Charlie. Um, And if you're Dubai, it's centre park. (laughs) We've Forest, so it's not quite as... It was going going so well. As glittering as that. It was going so well. Marrakesh? Marrakesh is for a stag do before. You certainly won't be getting me me on the phone from that. Don't complain. (laughs) Um, Thank you, Andy, for joining us today. Pleasure. And thank you, Charlie, and have a lovely holiday. Cheers, Tom. Thank you. Um, as I say, we'll be back uh, at the same time next week, the latest 49 Undefeated podcast. Uh, in the meantime, do give us a follow on Twitter at ArsenalFC underscore FL and uh, follow, uh, give us a like on Facebook too. And uh, yeah, come to www.football.london for all your latest Arsenal news. Thank you and goodbye.